And that, believe it or not, was my only training run. I I had I did do a a fifty uh, k, but that was my second. I guess you could say my second longest, but my only training run that wasn't a race for the fifty miler. So believe it or not, I only ran over twenty miles twice before that 50 miler all year long in my training running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy and it is but we believe in big crazy dreams that's why we ran 100 miles it was such a life-changing experience for us we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race are you ready to fill the highest highs and the lowest lows Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hey everyone. And we are back after a few months sabbatical. Yeah, I feel like we were consistent in 2020. And then 2021, we were kind of like episode a month. <laughs> and <laughs> we are here and we are committed to getting episodes out more consistently. Yes, we are. So, um, and we have some updates to give you all because last time we... we uh, shared an episode with you we were getting ready for the dead horse races that we were going to do in november so i think that was in october was the last time that we were talking about it Mm -hmm. and uh so a lot of things have changed and we did run those races and we learned a lot and have some fun experiences to share today about it but what you're not going to listen because it's not a hundred mile race it's just a 50 okay go ahead and turn it off go do something else okay now that we the rest of you are still here and the hardcores have left um (laughs) we got our crowd okay let's be honest hardcores do not listen to this podcast this podcast is for the average joe yes yeah we we know the hardcores don't listen but it's okay (laughs) anyways so what's new melody Okay, well, here's just a little update on my life. I've started a massage business, so I am doing medical massage here right. in South Ogden. So if South you're Ogden, looking Utah. for a medical massage therapist, hit me up. She's the best in the state. I, I don't know about that. But you are still taking, you know, you've been a massage therapist for like two, three years. Yeah, and I did. I'm a physical therapist, uh, too, and I did that before I became a massage therapist. So I did a lot of medical massage even before I went to massage school. So, uh, so you yeah. understand the human body like nobody else, like nobody else. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, good to know. I, I myself have stepped away from being an x-ray tech for those hardcore listeners in the, that have been with us from the beginning. Um, they uh, they knew I was an X-ray tech, and that if only if you like listen to the first episode, that's the only way you would know. <laughs> um, but I stepped away from it, and I've actually started my own uh, flooring business, installing uh, LVP and laminate plank flooring. Um, so it's been 
an adventure for the both of us recently. It's been fun. And do you know why we started our own businesses? Why we're taking the entrepreneur route? So we can run when so we, we want to run. run. Exactly. We have the whole summer planned out. Actually, the whole year we have some fun trips planned. We have our races signed up for. And we can do that because we can choose our own schedule. Because the do weekend run trips, you oftentimes got to leave Friday morning and you can't ask for every Friday off when you work for the man. Right. They don't like that. Down with the man. (laughs) (laughs) So we decide to just work for ourselves as no matter how painful at times it might be. There's okay, guys, it's. We, we can choose our own schedules, which is really nice. But honestly, the path we've taken as entrepreneurs, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, uh, it is an emotional roller coaster. Yes. But it's worth it to us. Pros and cons to either route. And this is what we've chosen. So. so how about we get into the nitty gritty dead horse? What a okay. race experience it that was. was. We learned a lot. It was an interesting year for yes. sure. Before we get to Dead Horse, I just want to talk about our long run we had right before Dead Horse. Uh-huh. I feel like there's a fun lesson in that. We did, how many miles was it? It was 22. 20-something. Um, neither of us wanted to run that day. We, I mean, we literally seriously considered not even doing our peak long run. Like, we just were not feeling it. But we decided to go anyways, and we... We wanted to run over 20 miles, but we're like, no, let's just go run like 10 miles. Let's just go and do it. And we started running and about 30, 40 minutes into the run, we started feeling better and we're like, oh, let's just go all the way. Let's just do the full 23 miles. We talked about doing this route for like months. and We talked we had about started, it during trail to 100 training. We had started at the, at the point where like we could start there and we were just like, Let's do it. Let's do it. And we did it because we had a car parked at our house, which is where we ended up just We just ran to. right to our house. Yeah, so we just ran to our house, but we stayed on the Bonneville Shoreline Trail from Pleasant View all the way to Buse Canyon in South Ogden, Utah, if you know where that it is. It was and, an awesome run, yeah. but it was just a good lesson to us that the hard part is just getting out there and doing it. And once you get going, then it's most of the time there's no turning back there's no turning back and that was at one point in that run we're like okay we either run all the way home or we turn around here and we're like well let's just go for it and we were proud of ourselves because we really didn't want to run well turning back meant more uphill (laughs) (laughs) it was mainly downhill but anyways that was just a good lesson and just get out there if you're not feeling it just go run and you might choose to run further than than you planned but you also might start running and realize you feel like crap and you're just gonna run a couple miles and go home and that's okay too and that believe it or not was my only training run i i had i did do a a uh, 50k but that was my second, I guess you could say my second longest, but my only training run that wasn't a race for the 50 miler. So believe it or not, I only ran over 20 miles twice before that 50 miler all year long in my training. So that's kind of what we wanted to dive into today. Like we just realized 
like you don't have to be when people think about ultra running i think ultra running has this like stigma of oh man those are the only the hardcores the elites and i mean you think a marathon takes up your whole life like try running more than a marathon like that's so much time it's i don't i can't make that commitment but jacob ran 50 miles with hardly any I mean, I can't say any training, <laughs> but, any training. <laughs> I but think my father-in-law ran, who did a, he, he didn't even run a mar- marathon last year. He did his year. first half. He did his first year. half. He, and then he did a lot of halves. And he, he and, did a 20. Yeah. And so, yeah, he did like a 20 mile run. I think my father-in-law ran more miles than I ran last year. Twice as much. Yes. <laughs> twice as and, many miles. But yet I go out there and decide I'm doing a 50. And 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 I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to say, I like what you said, there's a stigma that you have to kill yourself and be like all like, like just your whole life's got to be. You have to devote your, your entire life yeah, to it. Yeah, like you no. have to be a runner to run 50 miles. And well, I'm saying you don't have to be that runner stigma to run 50 miles. Well, no, and you can. Like yeah. if, if you're sponsored or if it's your goal to get sponsored and you want it to be your life, that's your choice. But the thing is, that's not, that's not us. We, we have jobs. We have like ultra running is just our hobby that's what we do for fun that's what we do in our free time and it's totally reasonable to make ultra running a part-time hobby you don't you don't have to devote your entire life to it and that's what we realized i mean do also take in consideration like jacob didn't yeah i i had been ultra this was my third year ultra running so my body had been a been already started accustomed to the longer distance yeah. and that was on top of like several more years of maintaining at least 10 yeah. to 15 and i had the mental i think a big part is mentally i had already experienced so many miserable runs i knew how to get my mind in to right where place. the misery hit you know how to have my mind in the right place because if i didn't have all those miserable 20 mile runs every weekend when we were like training for our first 50 um, like, yeah, then this 52 years later might not have happened. So, yes, right. this was a buildup. It was a buildup. But, you but know. But you can get to the point. Anyone can get to that point if if you want to. And and we were talking. That my Sorry, my memory's just coming back about that day, too. Yeah. When we decided to. This was two weeks before Dead Horse, right? Yeah. And our bodies were feeling hurt. We were just kind of feeling down about life. Yeah. And entrepreneur life. Training had not have gone has had not gone well for either of us. Mm-hmm. And I remember before we went out and got out on that run, um, we both were like seriously considering pulling out that morning. Yeah. I I I, I completely forgot about this. But we were seriously considering pulling out of that, that race. You you did the you were signed up for the 50k and mm-hmm. i was signed up for the 50 miler and just everything had gone so bad in our training and like i said i didn't purposely be like i only want to run over 20 miles twice and then see if i can run 50 miles that wasn't on purpose that was just me you know that was not, the best you could do that was me struggling and not not getting out there for all my training runs and uh and my body felt hurt too i was dealing with a lot of it and plantar fasciae and then part of me wondered like 
going out for that long of a training run is that even healthy for me i don't know i just was having a lot of conflict going on with my training yeah at we that like time to be smart about our training yeah. like i feel like we talk about david goggins a lot but but we both are like okay we don't want to be totally stupid like we well, are putting our butt well no no he's not <laughs> you're but, hating but, on my man no now. no no listen but going and running a hundred miles with zero training like that's not what we're saying i feel yeah. like that's not what we're no, about no no we we try to be smart about our training yeah. so we were trying to be smart we were we were thinking what really is the best decision for us like are we actually going to hurt ourselves if we go do this run right and Anyways, so we just, we did it though. And because we were able to get through those 22 miles, it gave us, after that run, we were like, okay, well, we're going to try Dead Horse and we'll just see what happens, you know? Yeah. And I was feeling nervous as all get out before the race because my training had gone so bad and my, and my, like, I could feel my plantar just walking around the day before, like... And my, my IT band, I could feel it just walking around the day before. It's like I can already feel it, and I'm, and I'm not even running. <laughs> What's it going to feel like at mile 30, you know? Yeah, you guys. And Jacob is not like a high-anxiety person. He's very much like a go-with-the-flow, like, oh, whatever happens, happens. And his anxiety was through the roof. And I'm a, I'm a highly sensitive person. I... I pick up the energy in the room, right? And Jacob's anxious energy was all over me. I was like, you are not even being yourself right now, babe. Like, I just, you are nervous. The day before, I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> I just wanted to have everything ready, go to bed, and and do nothing else. Yeah. And and I just wanted to uh, get the race going, you know. And, and I just knew, I guess, because... Before our first 50, I was more so like just excited because you know, I'd never done that distance Because the before. training was in the bag yeah. too. Like we were confident. We killed it training. on our training. Yeah. yeah. And like we knew that we could do it. And then this one, um, I hadn't killed it, but I was, I, I knew, also knew, I knew the first one I was naive. I didn't know what, <laughs> I didn't know the what I was about to go but through. But you knew and you the were pain. Enter hell. I knew I and this one I knew the deep dark places that that you, <laughs> you were going go. that I go that I was going to go. And so that almost upped my upped my uh, nervousness for the race even more because I knew where I was entering. <laughs> I'm just curious if you are listening and you're an ultra runner and you've had the opposite experience where now that you've done a few races and you know what you're getting into, if that has actually lessened your anxiety, send us a message. I want to know. Because this was the first, uh, this, I had done a 50K since our hundred, but this was like 50Ks push you, but you don't have to. You know, you're not like you don't enter the pain you don't cave enter as the, Courtney DeWalter puts it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't enter the hell zone, as I put it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they push you and they're hard. They're really hard, but you don't have to. Yeah, do soul searching. Who am I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know. you really question everything about your existence on fifty miles plus. Yes, <laughs> and so yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so it it happened, but you know. Here's here's how I'm going to tell you guys I got through it. Um, 
Melody gave me exercises to do that would help my IT band. And what ended up happening is as you, you gave me these exercises and I decided every single aid station, no matter what, no matter how I'm feeling, I will do these clamshells. I'll do these squats. I, I packed a band with me to do these with, you know, and I'll do some heel raises, calf raises, and um, I forget. It was like four exercises. So you're protecting your IT band that was giving you problems and then plantar fasciitis. Yeah, yeah. Anything to adjust. I Yeah, those two things. I just wanted to attack it. And <laughs> I had people multiple times come up to me as I'm laying on the dirt doing these exercises asking me if I was okay. Um but, uh, and, you know, and the competitive part of me was like, oh man, you know, as I saw people shooting by me, um, as hard, I took time, to stop as I took, yes, as I took time to do that. Yeah. Like I just see people coming in and shooting by and la di da cause I have to take all this time at these aid stations and it was a fast 50. You had to finish it in 12 and a half hours or under. Um, Which are to put that in perspective, our fifty PR is fourteen forty-two or something like that. So that was like cutting more than two hours off of our fifty PR. Yep, you're right. Two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, two hours off. Yeah, it was fourteen twelve forty-five was the final cutoff, and so anyways, but I noticed. I felt my IT band and I felt my planter the whole time, but. It stayed under control, That's and I think a about. big part of it was stopping at every aid station, which is about every like five to eight miles, and addressing it to keep it in check. I think there's an awesome parallel to life there. I feel like a lot of us, I know I'm like this, you just want to go, 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 and you don't want people to pass you, right? But we need to take time to stop and take care of ourselves and ignore the people around us, because we're all, we're all in different areas, and stopping to take care of yourself allowed you to finish like maybe if you didn't do that you you wouldn't have let these people pass you but who knows maybe you would have blown something out and then these people would have passed you at the end and and beat you do you know what i'm saying and i still i still was a back of the pack finisher I mean, I finished 11 hours, like 42 minutes, something like that. But but that was you. That was your race. You know. So we, that was an hour before the cutoff. But yeah. 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 Like, but it was all I wanted to do. Like, but that was a PR for me. So I was stoked. Totally. Stoked and who knows the people it. who, you know, pass you probably have been running longer, have trained different, and I mean, like we have already mentioned, like training wasn't on point this year. So to yeah. so to do the very best you can and then to take care of yourself with A stations and to do as well as you did, like that's fantastic. Yeah, I I, I don't care about the people that finished in front of right. me. Right. It doesn't bug me a bit. I was right. so happy with with uh, just because that's a PR. So. And this is what was super cool to me. I've heard that your fitness, you can see your fitness getting better in the amount of time it takes you to recover. And I noticed a huge difference between our very first 50 and how you cross the finish line and this 50 and how you cross the finish line. Our first 50, you couldn't stand up straight. Neither of us could. You couldn't talk. You couldn't breathe. Like it was, our bodies were in so much pain, right? But it was so cool to watch you cross this finish line and you just 
ran across you like kneeled down for a second or didn't kneel down but you like leaned over and then you got up and you're like where's the food table (laughs) (laughs) you walk over and get food and you're like talking to buddies you made and like you did not look like you just ran 50 miles and i was like man jacob has come a long way it was really cool to watch you finish like that yeah yeah it, it was it was a fun day and a fun race and uh I have determined I enjoy the 50 mile range. And so, I mean, I know one day I'm going to try another hundred. I don't know when, but I know one day I am. And, but for now, like, I think I'm going to try to just get myself solid with this 50 mile range and really just build that base so that my next hundred, I can give it my all. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel the same way. That's the approach I want to take. So you ran the fifty k though. Give mm-hmm. us give us the rundown on on how that went for you and uh, what you were expecting going in and yeah. what ended up happening. Well, before before I tell my story, I just want to ask you one more question about okay. your fifty. When did you enter the pain cave, and how did you get out of it? Okay, it was. This is the best part of every ultra run. So um, I was feeling really good, really good up to actually mile like, and I kept telling myself though, and maybe this is why I kept telling myself, just get to mile 34, which was an aid station. And then almost everything was downhill from there. Uh-huh. And this was pretty relatively um, level 50 miler, I guess you would say there was, there was not a lot of climbing. I think it was a total of like 4,600 feet of elevation gain. Yeah. You know, for 50 miles, that's that's really like, that's really like flat. flat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in Utah. This was down in Moab, Utah. And, uh, and so I kept telling myself mile 34 and then it's all downhill. Um, and so I got to mile 34 and just about a mile before 34 though, like I felt was feeling like, Oh, things are getting tough. And, and so I get, and then, you know, then the urge to poop came, you know, and and good thing you asked about the pain came. So, so my stomach about a mile, I knew there was a porta potty coming up in about a mile. And then my stomach just uh, like the nausea starts to hit a little bit, you know, just like the whole body just saying, okay, I'm ready for you to stop now. This is, this has been enough for the day. And so I roll into 34, like just starting the crash and, and I get in line for the porter potty and, you know, I'm in line and I just sit my butt down in the line, you know, I'm like, there's no reason to stand in line right now. My, <laughs> And so, you know, I scoop forward every time. And then the last girl, <laughs> the girl in front of me all of a sudden comes out of the porter potty and she looks at me with like this look of almost terror and disgust. And she says, there's no toilet paper. And my heart sunk. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I'm about to light that toilet up. And so I yelled to the volunteers and I'm like, you have any more toilet paper? And they just look at me and they're like, sorry, we're all out. And I'm like, oh no. And so I start, I start fumbling through my bag and 
I find a oh no a medical stick. Don't worry, guys. This isn't as bad as you think. <laughs> so I find a medical like you know when the doctor says say ah like a popsicle stick. So I had one of those with Vaseline on it oh <laughs> that gosh. a lady had given me Vaseline on it earlier at another aid station, and I had like like two little plastic baggies, and so and I'm bad. just like well. This is it. And the same girl who just came out looks at me. And as I'm walking in there, she says, is that a stick? (laughs) (laughs) And I just looked at her. I said, don't ask. But luckily, when I got in that porter potty, I ended up just ripping the card. There's the cardboard from the inner part (laughs) of the toilet paper rolls. No one had thought to use those. So I ripped those off of the rolls and just, you know, flattened those guys out and worked great. And use that. There you go. So there's a tip. (laughs) So there's there's a tip for you in case you find yourself in need. Also, ultra runners, please use the toilet paper sparingly. Save some for the end of the packers. (laughs) Jeez. Anyways, but so after getting through that, downing about five fistfuls of sweetest fish, I... Ooh, I want sweetest fish. And the stomach pain's coming. I, I started to go, and it was just... It was just, it was rough. This oh, is like mile okay. 35. But what did you plan on using a stick, Vaseline, and baggies for? Yes. <laughs> yes? Yes. I did plan really? on using. You really were going to do that? Yes. I would have done nothing. <laughs> I did not want a soggy bottom. For the rest of my run. Okay, but let's be honest. Your bottom's already soggy with sweat. Well, I didn't want a soggy brown bottom. No. <laughs> so we then we keep going and uh, people start passing me now. And up to this point, I had actually kind of been passing people. Like I was running solid and people start passing me and I'm, and I'm going downhill, but I'm like getting into this you know where i'm trying to jog and then all of a sudden i'm just walking you know like it's just like it was too much to even jog and that's when i start you know questioning why am i here like why what am i doing like i didn't even train for this right and so but this is i don't know this this i'd almost felt like i was in a movie because then at this point um i grew up in oklahoma along in uh, around a lot of Native American ladies, and and my my mom was friends with lots of Native American ladies, and this this Native American lady just she all of a sudden passes me, and she's wearing these little tiny sandals. This is so cool. I love this part like, of the story. And she was your angel, like literally, like these flip flop sandals, and she actually had been doing barefoot. Um, Early in the race, I had I had passed her earlier, and she was barefoot, and she so but, cool. Major respect. And so now she had the sandals on, and I asked her, "How long did you go without without the uh, without the sandals?" And I think she said like eighteen miles. So wow, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, and then she just slapped the sandals on and did the remaining what thirty two. Yeah. Anyway, so and then. The thought occurred to me, just try to stick with her, you know? And so I was, you know, like, okay, you know? And so mentally I had to, like, regroup and be like, 
okay, I'm going to try to run with her. I'm just going to try to tell her, you know, stick to her pace. And, and so I just, and this is a very rocky, windy part, just a lot of rocks and kind of in a little bit of a cliff area. And so I just start like winding behind her and just sticking with her and having a little conversation. And I guess, you know, in my mental state, I almost felt like I was in a movie like and I was following a a spirit, a Native American spirit. No offense to Native Americans. I love Native Americans, but it just that's that's what it felt like. And and I she mean, if she anything, was guiding I feel like that's me. a compliment. Yeah, she was guiding me. It just felt like she was guiding me through these rocks um and and helping me get out of that section. And so I followed her for probably about three or four miles. Um, and which, so almost an hour, I bet. And then, and then, uh, I just started to, the energy started to come back a little and like mentally I'm like, okay, you know, I can do this. I can do this. And so I ended up then passing her and saying, you know, so long. Thank you. Thank you for your help. Thank you for getting me through this part. So uh, but cool. I'm going to keep moving on. You yeah. can even hear the music. And, like, Well, and I'm just listening to her sandals scrape across the rock, too. It's like the little ch 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 as we were running. the rocks of Moab. Yeah, like, yeah. What a through scene. Through the slick, over the slick rock. What and, a scene. Anyway, so it was, so, I don't know, like, I didn't, like, I don't, I, I didn't like have any life changing discoveries about myself, but um, I don't know. It's just the classic: if you just keep on moving, um, good things will happen. I feel like we've mastered it. that in our lives. The just keep on moving thing. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Anyway, so that that that's that's kind of the brunt of it, and then another good point i worked at, i actually worked at a scout camp in the area and about mile like 39 40 i didn't even realize it but all of a sudden i looked over and i was overlooking the scout camp and the, you know then that, that gave you new energy. that was a good like whoosh, rush of air you know like oh memories flooding back like i love that area you know and then boom okay keep on going i just feel like it was a special race for you in a lot of ways yeah so yeah, it was it was it was a fun it was a good race. I it was a very good day. I looking back on it, it will always be a fun day in my memory bank. It was a good memory for me too, watching you do so well. It was just fun watching you go from high, high anxiety and stress to crossing the finish line with so much confidence. I was just so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> so melody what about you though you you ran a race that day and it was an ultra yeah so i forget what what we've talked about in our previous episodes but like jacob i had a really hard time with my training and i did decide to bump down from the 50 mile to the 50k which was the perfect decision for me that's what i needed to do and i'm really glad i did it and i think we both learned a good lesson there of do what's best for you and your body and your mind. You can't judge runners for the choices they make. Uh, you felt like sticking to the 50 was the right thing to do, and it was. You learned a lot. And for me, I felt like dropping down to the 50K was the right thing to do, and I learned a lot. I think for me, I and I think a lot of runners feel the same. 
I think there's shame around dropping your distance. Um, and also like in life, I think there's shame around dropping things, doing less, slowing down. And I've always really struggled with that. So for me, it was a really good lesson and really good practice to slow down and to uh, take some things off of my plate. And it was the right thing to do. So um, yeah, dropped to the 50K. And honestly, I don't have a whole bunch to say about it. It was the perfect race. I've never had the perfect race. I feel like uh the week before getting ready for it I just feel like I did everything right I had my nutrition down I carb loaded the night before and I have officially decided that that works for me I know there's a lot of research especially recently that says carb loading is bogus and so bad for you and I totally bought into that and so I I've also been in that group of people that's like oh carb loading is so stupid but I've noticed on a lot of my runs when I I've never planned it, but I've noticed when I feel good on a run, I look back and I'm like, oh, it's because I ate the, the pan of brownies the night before. Or I ate these cookies the night before. And I just noticed that every time I did that, I felt good the next day. So on this run, I was like, okay, hey, I'm really going to test this out. And I literally bought a bag of cookies from the bakery up the road from us. And I ate almost the entire bag the night before. And I'm telling you, it gave me the energy I needed to do that run. I'm dead serious. Carb loading is for real. It works. It works for me. So I'm going to continue to do that. Okay. So I carb loaded. I felt really great. I use spring energy. Uh, they're the, it's the hemp ones in the white packaging and the purple lettering. Super, super yummy. I took one of those every like hour and a half. I had a few cliff energy blocks that I really oh, like. I love those things. Oh, so the yummy. cliff like electrolyte like, energy blocks. Yeah. They're good. And that's literally that's all I had the entire time was that spring energy. I took a couple of those cliff blocks and at one point I had like a tiny sip of Coca-Cola. And that was perfect. Like I felt good. I feel like my energy never depleted. I had energy the entire time. And I got my A time. My goal was to do the 50K in less than six hours. And I did it in five hours, 37 minutes. And I crossed the finish line and I felt great. I I literally like, there was not one thing that went wrong on that race. Everything went perfect. So I don't have a lot to say. Like you killed your time goal. I was so excited. you did awesome. There, There was one, I guess this is noteworthy. A mile before the finish line, I tripped. And oh, I'm I'm like so embarrassed at this moment, but it still makes you cringe. It does. You we all have those moments, right? But especially, I've never been drunk before, but I I imagine it's kind of similar to to that. Like when you're at the end of an ultra race, like you're not yourself. You're totally wacko, right? And anyways, and, yeah. and plus you're. I was like embarrassed because. So I know that I'm like a mile away and I'm getting super excited. It's all downhill and I like pick up my pace a lot. So I'm like sprinting down this hill and I don't know what happened. I feel like there, there, this, this wasn't even the most technical part. Like we are past the technical rocky parts. It was just straight downhill to the finish line and I tripped. I did a somersault and I just jumped back up and I just kept running. But it was embarrassing because 
well I fell and everyone around me everyone around me is like oh man oh good did you see that are you okay up there like you know like this big scene and and what I do is I I pop up and I stick both thumbs up in the air and I yell like so loud I'm like I'm golden (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I just keep I replay that memory and I'm like okay first of all when do I do thumbs up and especially like double thumbs up and then when have i ever used the phrase i'm golden what like <laughs> i just thought that was so weird what are you 60 years old i guess <laughs> oh i'm golden <laughs> what a stupid moment <laughs> but and then after i crossed the finish line it was actually kind of anticlimactic. like i crossed i was so excited that i got the time i got and then nobody was there like all my we had some friends who were running it they were still running jacob was still running and so i just was like i got my medal and i sat down (laughs) and i just kind of sat there (laughs) one guy came up to me and he's all are you the girl who fell (laughs) and i was like yep that's me and he's all you okay and i'm all yeah and he's all okay and walked away (laughs) so and then i just waited for like hours um Jacob and yeah, lots of hours yeah but <laughs> it was kind of fun to people watch and listen to the music and eat the food and stuff but anyways it was a good lesson for me too I kind of learned the same thing as Jacob like I was nervous for it because my training was off but it ended up being a great race so for me it was a good lesson to just trust my training trust my history um trust that even if my training wasn't perfect like I have developed skills that will help me get through a race and i mean yeah like my nutrition was on point this i feel like that was the first time my nutrition was ever on like i learned a lot about nutrition this year and you know what you said about nutrition i actually i want to share more about that yeah. with you um because this was my first ultra i actually kept my stomach under control but We're figuring it out. Before before we share that and talk a little bit more, we want to share a quick message from our sponsor. Um, one of our new sponsors is Tetong Hammock Company, which we Woo-hoo! are very excited to bring on board. Um, a very awesome family um, run small business out of Idaho Falls, Idaho. And uh, they, they uh, have come on board and we are just so excited to bring them on. So for the ultimate in backcountry comfort, check out the high-quality gear of Teton Hammock Company. Whether you're going for an overnight trip or a weekend-long adventure, the ultralight outdoor equipment from the Teton Hammock Company with keep-you-warm, dry, and sleeping like a baby. Their products are made of top-quality materials that outperform all others. Check them out at Teton Hammocks dot com with an s that's tetonhammocks.com hang with the best teton hammock company i'm serious they're amazing and we're so excited to use our teton hammocks this summer yes we are um we we have a couple and we just have their standard um teton hammocks um and the first thing we notice is they're huge. They're the and lightweight. And so light. Yeah. Like they come in these teensy they just wrap up in these teensy tiny mm-hmm. really compact balls. Mm-hmm. And you open up and it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like a one person hammock, it's almost a two person hammock. Yeah, yeah. You could you could fit two people in that one hammock. Like it was it's awesome. 
It's mm-hmm. awesome and so lightweight. We can probably take them on our runs because they're so lightweight. Oh, we 100% with us. Like, will. That's one of our favorite things is to run somewhere awesome, hang up a hammock, yep. chill for a little bit, run back. Yep. So we're excited to to use those this summer as we as we get out there and the snow melts. But they I also mean, have winter gear snow. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so back to back to the race though. Um, so what I was saying is that our on our uh, 50, the 50 miler. So on all my previous all, other ultras, it's just been kind of eat whatever, whenever. Yeah. And I never really had a nutrition plan. Um, and this time I actually did. I, I knew that like, I, I, I knew of like some foods that upset me like bananas. I don't eat bananas on ultras. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> and, um, but I figured out that like the honey stinger waffles yeah. are amazing. And I do great with those, um, with the, the cliff energy gels. Mm-hmm. Um, I do great with those. And so what I, what I did, what I ended up doing is like, first off I was like, but I also noticed when I eat way too much sugar, um, sugar bomb, sugar will mess me up. Mm-hmm. It will be good for a sec and then I'll crash. Honestly, sugar is good for like a 10 K or less. Yeah. And so the plan, what I did was like tortillas, like quesadillas, love that. Great. Yeah. You know, um, like uh, tater tots. Like, so the plan was every hour I was going to eat a honey stinger waffle and then or either eat a honey stinger waffle or eat a um, energy gel, Mm -hmm. um, which had like 200 calories. So they're about the same in calories anyways. And so that way I'm at least getting between 200 to 300 calories an hour in me. And, and then I also had determined I love Coke, but I know caffeine isn't the best for if you're running all day. If you've listened to a previous episode, we learned that caffeine messes Jacob up. If I'm going all day. Yeah. So what I determined is I would not take any Coke until I was over halfway. Mm, mm. And so I did that too. But then, but then, and I would only take one cup. Um, and, and so. And it was a little cup. They yeah. gave us like disposable cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I did is anyways, I just printed, and I only stick to whole foods. And I said, okay, the last like 15, maybe the last like 10 miles initially was last 10. If I'm really feeling it, then. I can down some sugar because then I'm only, I got 10 left, you know, if I just need that little bit of high and then I'm like, and then if it messes me up on my stomach, I can get through, you know, five miles with a bad stomach rather than getting through 30 miles with a bad stomach. Totally. So that's what I did. Um, and it worked out great. I had moments where the stomach started fluttering, like I told you, but Uh then I got it under control and you were able to eat almost as soon as you crossed the finish line. Yeah. I'm proud of. And I, I was hungry though because, yeah, because I was a back of the packer. They didn't have any on the final few aid stations. All the real food was gone. All they had was sugar that was left, and so it was kind of really yeah. disappointing in that manner. That you know, like the back of the packers get screwed sometimes. Yeah, they do. Because all the food they're gets the ones eaten. Who've been out there the longest. Yeah, so they're the ones who. There's, you're like, there's no hot food. Seriously, <laughs> all you have is M and M's. I guess you have to earn the hot food. You gotta earn it. Anyway, so it was a. Uh, 
you got to have a plan nutrition wise. And because I had a plan and it's taken me three years to even build a plan. Well, and that's the thing. That's yeah. another thing I was going to say is in order to figure out nutrition plan, trial and error. And it yeah. literally can take years. So you just got to try it. Exactly. Twice, and everything. so because I never would have been able to even like make that sort of plan up on our first 50 miler because I hadn't tried enough. We had no idea. Like, yeah. We had like Sherry Shepard on and Andrea Christensen on previous episodes. Yeah. And they talked about when we asked about nutrition, almost all of them were like, you just got to try stuff. Basically, just try what works for you. And guess what? There's no such thing as a book or secret recipe or anything. Like everyone's body's different. Like Sherry Shepard, who's like, I just eat whatever i want yeah or like courtney dewalter that's kind of what she's notorious for is being able to just and i think eat beer nachos and she's fine and andrea who's finishing hundreds and winning uh-huh. 50s still says she still doesn't know what works and sometimes she just doesn't even eat <laughs> right so give yourself some grace cut yourself some slack and also realize if you're going to get into ultras you most likely are going to have times when you feel absolutely terrible. Especially you're gonna throw up, with you're gonna your be stomach. sick. Like that's yeah. just a part of the game. There are a few lucky people who have not had gut issues. But if you're one of those people, you're one you're one of the rare ones and send us a message so we can give you a shout out and I also mean, envy you. That's part of the reason I well, I envy Mike McKnight and I don't. Um because he actually said he always had gut issues until he turned to keto. Yeah, we should have him on yeah. and, and uh, pick his brain about yeah. that sometime. Yeah, because and he says he hasn't really had gut issues since, which is amazing. He figured it out. Yeah, yeah. he figured it out. He's for him. had to go to the extreme to figure yeah. it out, and maybe that's what it takes for you is to go to the extreme. Um, but I feel like we have found a good, like we could dial in our nutrition even more if we wanted yeah. to go extreme with it. We could, but we have found a spot where it's comfortable and for you see us. and you had your plan of spring energy gels like and just keeping it simple because you knew it was a exactly. 50k and you didn't necessarily need a whole meal right but as long After as you had calories 50K, coming in yeah that that was short enough that i could just do gels when when i do my 50s this year i definitely will have to incorporate yeah. like when you, if you start going over that five to six hour mark you need you need that more. that's what i decided yeah. like yeah five to six hours and i already know the solid foods that work for me though quesadillas so for sure quesadillas and potatoes and pizza that's where it's at <laughs> all right well um i think that pretty much wraps up our update you know and so now we're we're in the off season right now um i'm actually doing this you know, we both decide that, you know, cut it back. Um, I'm doing actually a beach body challenge, 30 day breakaway. I love I love the beach body subscription. I would I would highly recommend it. If you want like good off season workouts or even just like strength based workouts, you know, that you can do on your cross training days, like just awesome. But so I'm doing this 30 day breakaway, which is actually made to train you for doing a 5k um so i'm like only getting out and running like two miles at a time about but like it's like a it's a lot of high intensity and uh, then there's a lot of uh full body cross training workouts to go with it so which i've done a few of those workouts and they're fantastic yeah and they're made for runners i feel like we're advertising so many things yeah. in this episode. <laughs> anyway so but yeah 
And, and so I'm doing that right now, and I'm excited to see how fast of a 5K I can get. Because as an ultra runner, you just run so slow, and it's been really fun to get out and just push myself and run fast for two miles again like I haven't done in a long time. And I'm curious to see how it affects your training this year. I've had quite a few people recommend sprinting in the off season as ultra runners. So that's not the approach I'm taking, but... Um, I'm just interested to see how that plays out for you. Yeah, me too. I, that, cause that's what I, the approach I'm doing. I'm, I'm really working on speed, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. And we got some races that we've already signed up for and we're, we will keep you guys updated and we got some more interviews. We're we lining have up some amazing interviews, guys. I'm so stoked. So stay tuned to get some awesome information from some actual experts instead of us noobs. <laughs> anyway so thank you for joining us here on trail to 100 make sure that you click subscribe follow us um go like us on instagram or facebook and we uh we came out with a new logo recently send us a message tell us what you think yeah okay but most importantly if you are training for your first ultra or one of your first races reach out and tell us what your goals are this year we want to give you a shout out and we want to know what you guys are training for and if you have recently run an ultra please reach out we'd love to have you on yeah and hear your experiences and learn from you as well so thank you for joining us uh We will talk to you all next time. Peace out.